We are recording now, so you're all on the record here. Praise the Lord. Praise so chapter 3, how many of y'all did, you're not being recorded visually, so you can raise your hand. How many of y'all read, glory to God, read chapter 3? Y'all are doing a good, give yourselves a hand, praise the Lord. That's going to make it good, make it good. So who would like to go first today with what did you learn and questions? Sister Rebecca. Yes. At the, at the gate. Yes. And the reason it stuck out to me is because there's a lot of beggars around on the streets nowadays. And like, you know, they're asking for money and, you know, hungry or whatever. And it's like, it really challenged me because, like, people think that they're just, they just want money. When there are some that just want money, but a lot of them are looking for other things, you know, to be reached out to, to be loved, to be, you know, to know that there is, you know, a, a better way to live. And it just challenged me, like, you know, whenever I see somebody like that on the side of the road, question this week no questions last week you had three this week you have none praise the lord it's all right it's all right praise god all right that's good anybody else or who, who well not anybody else there's got to be more people obviously so who's gonna go next yeah, i have a question okay hold on <laughs> um it's not more of a question it was just more of a of a wow that wow. they were able to to actually i can't imagine you know people being able to do i'm sure that they do it but i don't know that them to be able to for God to use them in, in a way where they were able to, to heal him and bring him up but yet not take the credit for it you know because your own pride you know now I think in my opinion I believe that maybe that's why God doesn't use as many people as he really would love to use to do this because you know we're still only you know humans and how difficult could it be for you to not be like oh God is, like that. God is using me in a way where I can, you know, heal. You know, where do you find that where it's not you? You know, it's God doing it. You know, it's like that. So that was pretty amazing for them to be able to do that and not, you know, be puffed up. You know, they gave God the glory and all that. So. Amen. That was good. That was good. Sister Pita. Well, I read about... Yes. Acts. Acts. And I was thinking, I mean, I wanted to ask you whether the people that were there saw, saw surprise and, and, and scared at the same time because they see the The, the, the crippled man, the crippled man, uh-huh. Um, they saw him that he got healed, mm -hmm. that he was healed. Why they, um, were they, were they, um, were they, were they believing that, or, I mean, were they were, they were, um, child of God, whoever were there. Right. Because they got so surprised and so, you know, so scared at the same time. Right. So I was thinking about that. Why they, if they, if they were really child of God, right. why they were so surprised and so scared at the same time? Right, right. 
Well, it, 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 it says that they were amazed and they, they were filled with wonder and they were amazed, you know. So first of all, you, you got to remember before when before Jesus came on the scene, there was no one like Jesus. I mean, there was absolutely nobody that ever walked before Christ that was like him. I mean, he would walk into situations. People were healed, you know, instantaneously when he was, you know, walking into into towns. He was going from one place to the next. A woman touches the hem of his garment. She's healed. You know, they see him um, teaching the word and he has this authority. And so they saw that in Jesus. You know, they, they were amazed by that. But now these average guys that, you know, are in their eyes, they're just average guys, you know, they're fishermen, they're not anybody, you know, you know, they didn't get some graduate from some big, you know, seminary or something like that. And now these guys, you know, come and they have seen now the scripture says that they laid this crippled guy there every day. Okay, they laid him there every day. They everybody in the city knew this guy was born. I mean, he was born like this. So that you know, th this wasn't no common, you know, miracle. I mean, this was something that was, I mean, just out of sight. I mean, something that no one could ever imagine. I mean, they they've seen people maybe be healed or whatever, but it wasn't a common thing. And so now this person is sitting there, and you know, he has been crippled since since his birth, and now they see this amazing situation. And now the question is, were they children of God? Um, everybody that was present there, that you know, that they have account of were Jewish you know they were all there they, they were all Jewish people so they all believed in you know the Old Testament they believed in God and everything but what happens is when you don't see those miracles every day you know you're really not expecting something so amazing to happen you know yeah. and so they see this situation occur and they were just amazed. It wasn't so much afraid that they were just taken, you know, by such a great move of God, which is literally what God wanted to do. God wanted to get their attention because, again, if we remember in chapter two, when when the Holy Spirit came down and they started speaking in, in, in different tongues and they all heard them in their languages. Well, what God was doing there was he was utilizing that situation to get their attention for the next thing that happened, which was the message of Peter. And then we see the same exact scenario here. This amazing situation that gets everybody's attention now all of a sudden Peter does what he goes and, and like sister Dawn was saying he says first of all why y'all looking at us like we did something you know and now let me give you the message of what this is about and so really that was God you know awakening something in them and it has to be that you know that that amazement and that wonder which is something that we as a church you know as the body of Christ need to pray to God to bring us back to that place good yes yes ma'am Good. All right. Um, three and eighteen. But this is 
how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that this, that his Christ would suffer, repent, then, and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, at, out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Now, the part that I like the, the most is the refreshing part. You know, right. you go through whatever you go through, whatnot, and when you're refreshed from the Lord, it's a full refreshment. It's just an ongoing thing. It's not just a, a, a thing right then and there as long as your faith is strong, you know. Mm. But what I didn't get is why did it say that the time of refreshing may come from the Lord and that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Jesus? Okay, you remember the, you remember the chapter 2 and the prophecy of Joel? And it starts in verse 17. Remember how he talks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit? He, he talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let's read it there. Look, look, look at um, Acts chapter 2, verse 17. <clears throat> he said, and it shall come to pass, or let's, verse 16, he said, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven and above and signs in the earth beneath. Now, that first portion, that part that we just read where I stopped, that was fulfilled right there at that moment. And, you know, it begins, you know, a new era where now the Holy Spirit is coming. But the next portion, blood and fire and vapor of smoke, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So in this, you know, in Peter's whole message, he gives a prophecy that is partially fulfilled and there's another portion that is going to be fulfilled when he comes here in this in, in this verse in chapter 3 and he says that he, he tells the people for them to repent and he talks about their sins being blotted out he's dealing with that is what is going to happen to every individual that repents their sins are going to be blotted out and that's going to happen then the time of refreshing is going to come because the holy spirit is now going to come and dwell in you and as a result of that repentance israel now remember you, you got to remember who he's talking to his audience is very important because he's speaking to israel and what god is trying to do he's he's still dealing with israel and these are scriptures that show us that because israel is going to come to repentance before christ comes to reign on the earth and so what he's doing is he's saying listen israel you guys need to repent because when you repent, then Christ is going to return and he's going to reign in the earth. So that's all he's doing. He's saying, if you guys would do this, so literally, if they would have all just repented right there, then guess what? Jesus would have came and it's all done. But because they didn't repent, obviously there's more prophecy, more things that we find in the book of Revelation that need to be completed. So that's the reason. That, that's what he's doing. He's giving them, you know, he's speaking to Israel directly. And he's saying, if you guys repent and turn from what you did. In this sin and, and crucifying the Christ and you turn and change your mind about him then that's what's going to be the result of that good what about the part where it says uh, and that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you even Jesus that's the part that was kind of like I'm, it's like they're saying that they're sending a, a Christ even for Jesus in my Bible that's what it looked like to me but right. I, I could be just interpreting it wrong I no, don't no. think that no 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 I don't think right, that, right, right. that's what I read that's what <clears throat> right. I, I'm getting which verse is that? Uh, 20. Verse 20. And that he may send the Christ, talking about, you know, Christ coming back to the earth, who was preached to you before. What he's saying is he's saying that the Christ, Jesus Christ, was appointed for you. Because remember, salvation, when Paul speaks later on in the book of Galatians, remember how he says the salvation is to the Jew first? 
then to the Gentiles. So what he's saying is the Christ came first for the Jewish people. That, that's who he came for, you know, first and foremost to bring redemption to them. And so that's all he's saying. He's not saying they're going to send another Christ. He's just saying that Christ is now up in glory and he's going to be sent back to the earth as you repent. And then that, you know, the whole restoration of all things. Even Jesus. That's what mine says. What is your say? Mine says, and that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before. Mine says, and that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. That's what, I mean, I don't See, that, that, that's, that's why I don't like the New King James Version. I mean, the New International Version, man. Which version you got? Yeah, see, that's why I don't like that Bible, man, because that Bible, I'm just joking. I know, man. I love my Bible, man. No, 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 man. I'm just messing with you, man. No, no, no. It's, I mean, it's just, it's just the way that they're explaining it, but he's not. It's, but that, that, that's what that scripture is talking about. It is just talking about Jesus who was already sent, who they knew. Because remember what, what Peter's doing in this, whole, in, in this whole discussion is he's pointing out to them who Jesus is. You know, he's pointing out to them that this Jesus that you crucified he was the Holy One. He was the Just One. He was the Anointed One. He was the Messiah for you. And you repent, and He's gonna, you know, He's gonna come back and, and redeem you, and you know, bring you, you know, bring us all back to that full restoration. So it's not talking about, you know, a different Christ. It's talking about the same one. Go ahead, Pastor Lewis. One other thing is that the Bible, when he mentions those Christ only, yes, the, the, the Anointed One. Yes. <clears throat> and, the, and the anointed one, the Messiah, the Savior. And that's what, and you got to remember, too, that that's who they were waiting for. That, that's why I think your version is pointing that out, because that, that's who Israel was waiting for. They were waiting for this Messiah. They were waiting for this Redeemer. And so he's pointing out, he's talking to Israel and saying, hey, the Redeemer already came. You need to repent for what you did. You need to repent for putting him on the cross, and that way you can receive the times of refreshing and, you know, be restored, and then he'll, he'll return. So there's, there's that's what no it is. Refreshing if your life is full of sin. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's refreshed. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes. They will be forgiven when they repent as an individual. And, that, and that, that's why when he says when, when he says in that scripture, he says, repent, therefore, and be converted. In other words, repent, you know, of your sin, turn away from your sin, be converted, turn back to God, which is what has to happen. And, you know, put your faith in God. And he said, and then your sins will be blotted out. So for every individual, not not just, you know, not not Israel, you know, every, every individual person can repent and their sins are blotted out at that moment. Now, there is a time and when we read in the book of Revelation, we know that there's, you know, that that Israel is going to be hard. You know, their hearts are going to be hard. Um, so we know that the scriptures teach that and there's going to be the 144,000 that are going to be saved, that they're going to, you know, that they're going to not, not that the only ones are going to be saved, but that they're going to be the ones that are going to be separated for God and they're going to be leading that whole evangelistic crusade to really minister to them. And that's when that real repentance is going to, you know, really come to place in a lot more of the Jewish people. So we know that. 
that, but no, it's it's talking about individually. Individually, you repent and sins are blotted out, Jew, Gentile, no matter what you are. Okay? Good? Yeah. Brother Angel. To me, it was uh, verse 6, 7, and 8 where, uh, where uh, he is telling, uh, he's telling the penalized men is that silver and gold he has not, but what he has, he's offering to them. And what really opened my eyes, every time I read that, I go from there, I stop there, is verse 8, I mean verse 7, where he opens the verse and says, and he uh, took him by the hand and lifted him up. Well, well, many people would, you know, would say, well, if he had faith, he didn't need a hand. But there is action there. There is action that not only did he pray, now he's lifting him up. Right. So you're talking about Peter's faith, or are you talking about no, the, the crippled man's faith? The, yeah, the, the crippled man. Okay. Well, I want, I want to say the crippled man had no faith in this situation. Yeah. It had nothing to do with the crippled man. That, that, that was one thing that, I, that I, I was, I was going to point out, but I'll point it out now. But when you look at the story, I mean, if, if we read it, we can see here in verse 5, look at, or we'll, we'll look at verse, let's look at verse 4. Said, in fixing his eyes on, on him with John, Peter said, so they're looking at the crippled man, he says, look at us. Verse 5 says, so he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. He wasn't expecting to receive anything but something in, if he had a jar in his hand. He wasn't, he wasn't expecting any kind of miracle. He wasn't expecting to be healed. Like I said, he was born like this. This is how he's always been. So he doesn't have any faith. And then Peter goes on and says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And so what healed this man was not his faith. It was the faith that Peter had in the name of Jesus Christ. And that is vital for us to understand because it wasn't, you know, what it shows us in, in our application is it shows us how important our faith is in changing other people's lives. Amen. Our faith is vital. We can, I mean, we, if we really have, I, I think one of the greatest things that stood out to me in the, you know, in, in this particular portion there was that is just the faith that Peter had. I mean, there was no question in his mind. It wasn't, okay, let me see, Lord, you might do this, okay? Because what happens is we have a lot of people that have hope and not faith, okay? Because this is what hope says. Hope says, well, I know you can do it, but whatever you do is good with me. That's, that, 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 that's hope, you know, that I hope God will do it. I, you know, I hope God will will it. But faith says this is going to happen. And that is what Peter did. Peter walked up to the situation and he said, look, silver and gold I don't have, but I do have something. And what I do have, I'm going to give to you. And he said, get up and walk. And then he grabbed him by the hand and said, come on, you know, you, because he, because see, that guy wasn't going to move because he, you know, he didn't, I think, and this is just my thought, and I'm not saying this in the scripture, so I'm, I'm going to add this, okay? But what I'm thinking is the reason why Peter had to grab him was because the guy was probably looking at him like he was crazy. But the moment Peter grabbed him and yanked him up, that's when the Bible says immediately his ankles got strong, he, his strength came in, and that moment is when the faith of Peter acted in this guy's life and all of a sudden he was hit with this amazing miracle and so it's very very important that we realize that it was it didn't have nothing to do with his faith because he didn't have no faith he was just expecting some kind of handout he's like oh these great men they're gonna come and give me something so it was their faith that brought that healing into his life hold on I got, I got, I got three people that want to comment so I'm gonna go with the hand the way I saw the hands it'll be Lewis then sister Luce then pastor Louis okay go ahead um, just going you know you say that now and it was something I was thinking about before you know, you say it's not about the guy, it wasn't about his faith. But I think it has a lot to do with the guy having been there. 
right. having been put there. Because um, when they came over, you know, they, they go up to him and he's put there and, you know, they do tell him, you know, rise up and, you know, walk. But after that, it goes on to say, you know, leaping up and, you know, he's just going crazy, walking, leaping and praising God. So a man who didn't have faith just a few seconds ago now has faith right. and he's praising God. Amen. And then when it goes on to the um, to the porch, it's, it says that the lame man who was holding on to Peter and John mm -hmm. and causing the ruckus, causing the attention. So now you have this man who's calling forth everyone else to look, come see. Amen. So now he's bringing forth the people so that Peter and John now have an opportunity because Peter says, well, it says, when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, why do you marvel? So now this guy who just seconds ago didn't have any faith, now is praising God, Amen. now is calling attention for everyone to draw near, and now gives Peter and John an opportunity to preach. And not only does he preach, I mean, this is like witnessing 101 because, I mean, he goes back, I mean, he goes back, you know, he's telling these people, look, you know, you guys messed up. You know, we're talking about, you know, the servant of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know, he goes back to Moses Amen. trying to witness to these people. So what it tells you is that, man, it don't matter. You know, them unfaithful people, them, them unsaved, them unbelievers, you know, you have to reach out to them because the ones that 20 seconds ago didn't have faith, they can have faith 20 seconds later. And after that, you know, you're going all the way down to the lineage. And, I mean, he's putting it in a way where it applied to them. Going oh, back to Moses, he goes back. <laughs> Come on, Pastor, preach that word, man. Say <laughs> something. Your little handkerchief up in here. <laughs> go on ahead, go on ahead. He just, he just messed this up, you know. But. <laughs> My point is, is that he did a really good job. I mean, we're talking about the Jews, man. They got arrested, but, you know, right. before, you know, they get arrested. Right. But, I mean, we saw what happened to Jesus, but, you know, claiming to be the son of man. But, you know, just to, just the way he reacted, you know, why do you guys, why are you bugging out? You know, yeah. this is, you know, this is the fear of God. You know? yeah. For real. So it was just, it, it shows me that, you know, this is immediately after, you know, you know, after the ascension. You know, these guys are just, you know, they weren't there to do that. Right. You know, they didn't walk in there with the intention of, you know, healing this guy and, you know, witnessing. They just had this opportunity. And, right. you know, that just shows, you know, while it's not about the lame man. Right. You know, well, not about his faith. It's right. not, not about him having faith. faith but, but, you know, right. you know, it's just the significance is just so important. And just to show how, you know, to demonstrate how they witnessed at that moment to that crowd, it was just amazing. Right. So that's what stuck yeah. out to me. That right. No, and, and, and that, but that, that goes back to what I said. It shows you how vital your faith is. Because the greatest witnesses are going to be the ones who first get saved. You, you, were, you were on the most fire for God the moment after you had that encounter with Christ. That's when you were talking to everybody about Jesus. You were stirred up. I mean, there was no doubt in your mind. You just knew this experience you had with God was just real, you know. And, um, and, and, and it's important for us. I know me, you know, personally, it, was, it wasn't my faith that, you know, brought me to Christ. It was my mom's faith. And my mother led me to Christ, and man, the next day, I mean, I've told, I think I've told y'all this story before, and I don't encourage anyone to do something like this, but, you know, I didn't think there was anything wrong with smoking weed, so, you know, the next day, I was saved, as saved could get. I know, I know this much. If I would have died the next day, I would have went to heaven because I was ignorant of that fact, but hear me out. That next day, I called a friend of mine up, and I was like, yo, man, I need you to take me over there to the hood, and he was like, all right, and so we're driving to Sanford. All the way to Sanford, I am preaching to this guy about what just happened to me last night. <laughs> And no, but th but see, y'all are laughing. He was being convicted when we're driving. He's like, 
man, I got to get back into church, man. I got to start. Sir. And this guy's taking me to go buy some weed. So the point of the matter is that I was, you know, I, I was on fire, you know, stirred up. But it was because of what happened, you know, that night before my mom's faith met me in that moment of need. And then, you know, I walked. But I want to finish the testimony because the next that was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I went to church Sunday. The Holy Spirit convicted me and I threw all that stuff away. Amen. Glory Amen. to God. Hallelujah. All right. So just want to clear that up because, you know, I don't want anybody thinking Bishop said we could just go buy weed and witness. Listen, I did not say that. I'm telling you, I'm trying to make a point, which is that my mom's faith. I mean, I, and, and I know that it was that because I saw the way my mom would pray for my grandfather. I saw how she would pray, and I knew after seeing her pray for my grandfather, I knew that, that she was praying like that for me, if not more intensely. And, you know, and I knew that they would, you know, pray for me in the prayer meetings at the church and stuff like that. And so, you know, God, you know, drew me in, and so now I was able to do that. And, and it's, it's so, so important that we are full of faith and that we know that we have something to offer, and that will bring that change because then that ignites that faith in that person with that experience that they have, and now they're going to be the ones that are going to be witnessing, and then you you and I, because we're trained and we're developed, you know what we can do? We can be the Peter that's going to go ahead and bring that sound message of salvation. And that way it's not some just emotional thing that happens, but something that really brings change to people's lives. Amen? Amen. Amen. Sister Luce, go ahead. You had something. Yeah, in, in reference to what you're saying, that we have to be sure what we have. Amen. And Pastor Lewis. I was, just, I was going to say that this is one of the stories that I think that all Christians have been inspired of. And when people ask, ask us for money, we always tell them, you know, the ones that are brave, we tell them, we don't have money, but we give you Jesus. And I have even prayed for people. But I just want to share that um, I was in Dominican Republic preaching. And when I went there, I was preaching in many churches in one day, four or five churches. They take you from one and take you to another. And at nighttime, I have to preach in this church, and they, got, they brought this guy that he could not walk. And they put him in front, I'm, pre I'm praying for people like this, and if I'm on this side, they bring the guy to this side. And I'm trying to avoid this guy. <laughs> and they put him on this side. And my heart was going fast. And one thing is to say, but one thing is to live this. And then I was saying, Lord, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? And then it came to my mind um, when, when David, King David in the Bible, he was going through a lot of problems, and he said that the devil, the devil was telling him, where is your God? Where is your God in, in Psalm 42, 61, and he said, my God is in heaven, but he's also underneath of me. And they didn't understand this part because they knew a God that was in heaven, but not the one that was on earth. And he was talking that he was his foundation. And then I started feeling better, like, you know, where's my God? And you are here with me. And then I remember that the Bible said, climb upon me. He told Jeremiah, call on me, and I will respond, and I will show you things that you have never even thought of. Amen. And I said, you know, what am I afraid? I'm going to pray for this guy because it's not me. It's about Jesus Christ. Amen. And I used the same story. I said, in the, in the Bible, there's a story about this man that could not could not walk. And I started praying for him, and he started started going back, going back, and got the, the muletas, the crutches. The crutches, and started walking. And he was saying, I can't walk, and started crying. And everybody said, started to cry. And the next day, they did a service of healing, and the whole town was in there. Hallelujah. I was so afraid because I was thinking, you know, um, what, what's going to happen? But the thing is that this is nothing that you have.
is not an ounce painter or a youth painter. He's the guy who wants to do it. When I came back, I did a healing service in Melbourne, and nobody got healed. And you know what it is? It's that the fate of those people right here, we go to the, to the altar, and you pray. They don't go away until they're here. Amen. Right here, we pray, and we know that if the fever continues, we use Humana or whoever it is. Right. Or over there, we right. Humana. Right. And they, right. They, they bring kids with fever, and they say, you know, stop praying until the fever goes away. Yeah. It's the fate of these people. Yeah. Yeah. So don't be afraid that it's not no power that you have. Is the power of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, amen. amen. <laughs> that wonderful, 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 Sister Sonia.